Hi guys, this is Vidas. And Osha. Let's start episode 205 of Ask Vidas and Osha podcast. This question was sent by Patty. And here is uh, this question. I would like to offer my contribution as follows. One, what is your dream for your organ playing? To become a reasonably capable parish organist. Two, what are three most important things that are holding, holding you back from realizing your dream? I would like to provide a brief background of myself to put uh, into a better perspective. I will be turning 50 in a few days time and have just retired. I started learning to play the piano since the age of 7 until my early 30s when I have to leave my for a job overseas. I have since been playing the piano not very often as a leisure hobby. Uh, that means only with sparing technical exercises. I have stood in a as a substitute organist a few times in 2016 and 17, which sparked my interest in taking organ lessons. And this started last September. I practice in the church a few times a week and will practice on the piano other times, finger exercises and piano pieces. To me, the three most important issues in adapting to organ playing is A. Adapting to the different touch in organ playing. I have started seriously taking up technical exercises for the fingers again, but it has taken me uh, a while to adapt uh, to applying the right touch on the organ keyboard. B. Overall physical coordination of the body. The relative distance between the eyes, the score, the hands are quite different farther off from the piano, upright or grand. Proper posture and how to conduct movement would be essential or it could lead to unnecessary muscle fatigue as I I have experienced. C. Muscle coordination. This follows from B above. There is no short of resources uh, about correct posture in organ playing, but I think it might be useful for beginners to be advised of how to, say, keep necks, shoulder, hips, thighs appropriately relaxed during and after practice. Since there is a lot of matters requiring attention in learning a new instrument, the mind and body would possibly become tense at some point, particularly when playing with hands and feet together. Specific advice to keep the body properly relaxed would be useful. Thanks for allowing me to share my experience. Regards, Patty. So, Osha, that's a nice goal and quite a few uh, useful experiences uh, that that we have here, right? Yes, that's right. Do you think that uh, Patty is uh, on the on the right track uh, while listing those challenges, adapting to different touch? physical coordination and muscle coordination. This is useful and uh, important, right? Yes, I think these are you know, difficulties that many beginners have, have to overcome. 
As I was reading this question, I thought about um, about simply uh, practicing before you get tired, maybe taking a break before you even get fatigued. What do you think about it, Osha? Yes, I think that's a good idea because, you know, if you will do something bad with your muscles, then you may recover very slowly. So mm-hmm. it's better, you know, to take breaks more often. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, uh, sometimes we get, we get immersed in organ playing and uh, our track of passing of time is really uh, difficult to remember, right? And we get really uh, focused on the music and we can practice for hours and hours, but then it's not good for the body. Yes, that's true. And we have talked about it, I think, in a few of our conversations before. What I would like to, you know, to remark while reading this question about how different hand motion is from playing piano comparing to the organ. Because, as Petty mentioned, you know, that pianists usually make quite a lot of movement with their hand. We use uh, the wrists, we move the wrists and you no know, elbows and shoulders. So you need to avoid these motions when you play the organ, because these motions, you know, if you do too much of them, it will not help you to get the right touch. You're right, and um, I think there is a letter uh, from Bach's day uh, describing how he played that someone who observed him play couldn't actually notice any movements. Yes, that's what you do when you play organ. You know. It's not that you get tense and you know not move at all. But you still keep relaxed, you know, your, your arms, your whole body keeps relaxed, but but uh, you avoid all the unnecessary motions. I think it's really important to keep breathing and reminding yourself to breathe, uh, because we forget to breathe uh, consciously. And if we can remember this entire problem of stiffness in our neck or uh, shoulders, or uh, hands, uh, or even feet, will disappear, because to breathe is to relax. To relax is to breathe. That's very important to know point that you are making with us. And it's, it's actually very important, because it not only will help you, you know, technically, to play better, and, you know, not to hurt your muscles, but it also will help you to play more musically. Because breathing is very often related to uh, phrasing. Mm. So I think singing also helps to breathe, right? Because yes. you cannot sing forever without yes. taking a breath. And you usually take a breath at the end of the phrases. That's true. And uh, breathing, uh, as we talked, uh, helps you to relax. And then it's more natural this way. Yes. So let us recommend Betty to sing some lines 
from her score, maybe inner voices, maybe the pedal part, octave, one octave higher or lower, depending on her range. And um, it would be really interesting if uh, Patty could sing even soprano. Yes, and you know, another important thing would be that you actually need to work on your coordination. And I think the best way to do it is to work in different combinations. Just don't try to play everything together. And we have talked about it, I think, quite a few times. But, you know, I still keep reminding people that this is a way, you know, to learn to coordinate your feet and your hands. Sometimes people forget this step, right? That they need to uh, play separate parts first. Because maybe it's boring. Yes. It's rather boring. But I think it pays off in the end after a few weeks maybe of strenuous effort. If you really stick to this plan of playing single voices, two-part combinations, three-part combinations, and only then four-part texture, then something really clicks at the end and you're ready for a denser texture and you will not make too many mistakes this way. Yes, that's a very good advice with us. So guys, um, please continue practicing this way. The slower the better, right Osha? Yes, that's true. And actually the last thing that I would like you know, to remind Patty and and others and that I keep constantly reminding myself since she, you know, comes to the organ after, you know, playing piano for many years, that in piano it's more important how you touch the key, but not as important as you release it. But an organ is equally important how you press the key and how you release it. So never forget it. Mm-hmm. You mean that because um, the the sound never fades in organ. That's right. And you have to be really precise. That's right. And calculate when exactly would you like, let's say, inner voices to get released. Yes, that's why it's so hard, you know, to play the fixed texture on the organ, to play, for example, a fugue, five-voice fugue. It's really hard because you need to be careful, careful about each single line. Or even two voices sometimes are complicated because uh, you can focus on one voice or another voice, but both of them together, maybe some people are not ready. Yes, and working in combinations will help on this aspect too. Right. Let me just add for the final advice to Betty and anyone else in a similar situation. Um, who want to become a decent church organist keep expanding their repertoire uh, for preludes, offerings, communions and postludes those four elements well maybe even wedding marches or, or fanfare something like that but sometimes 
sometimes yes you need that and funeral pieces too um, keep adding one by one maybe one piece a month maybe one piece uh, uh, every week I don't know how fast you can learn you know and those pieces don't have to be very advanced or long right a couple of pages and that's it that's right mm-hmm. but uh, but uh, remember to refresh your memory with old uh, uh, pieces with pieces that you played a month a month ago or a few months ago or a year ago because that's how you expand your uh, repertoire and you can play them uh, in alternation one week one set another week a second set maybe you would need just maybe a handful of sets to to keep variety in in your playing and mix them together those sets of pieces right so yes. that people won't won't be able to guess what will be next because that will become boring after a while that's right you have to keep them always guessing what the organist will play next. Thank you, guys. This was Vidas. And Usha. And remember, when you practice... Miracles happen.